Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the Old Testament prophet Malachi, and I'll be reading chapter 3, the first four verses. <clears throat> he writes this, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before you, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they prevent offerings to the Lord in righteousness." Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, last week we looked at Jeremiah's picture of the coming of the king as we talked about Christ the king Sunday. And he referred to the coming of the king as a righteous branch from the line of David. It was kind of a laid-back, tranquil call to wait. To anticipate the coming of the Messiah someday as they waited. Now, as Malachi writes, it's 515 B.C., about 75 years or so later than Jeremiah's writings. The Babylonian exile is over. The temple has been rebuilt, and worship in the temple has begun again. The difference was, the temple, though the temple was functioning again, and they were essentially going through the same motions of worship and ritual, all the things they had done before, this time there was no sign that the glory of God had returned to fill the temple. The Shekinah glory that the Hebrews experienced generations before. Shekinah, the Hebrew word basically meaning dwelling or, or presence. The kind of presence of God and the dwelling of God's glory that the Hebrew children knew in the tabernacle while they wandered around following Moses in the desert. The kind of glory and presence they believed dwelled in the holy of holies in the temple before it was destroyed. They knew that experience. And now there was no indication that the presence of God, the glory of God, had returned to the temple as they returned to their homeland. The message has changed from Jeremiah's quiet little picture of the coming Messiah as a righteous branch in the line of David to now Malachi's message about a roaring furnace of a refiner of silver and gold or the bleach and detergent smell of a commercial launderer. Now, it seems like waiting may not be enough. Now, this prophet is talking about 
preparing, actively preparing for the coming of the Messiah. Or more accurately, maybe allowing God to prepare us as is necessary. The people of God had noticed the difference around them in their return home. And a lot of them were asking, well, well where's God? The God whose presence we used to sense when we came here. The God of justice, the God who will set things right. Where is God? The scripture we heard a few minutes ago is Malachi's answer to their questions. And with this scripture comes the promise of a day when all will be made right. God's prom God promises a messenger of the covenant to prepare the Lord's way and to announce the coming of justice. Now, in traditional rabbinic interpretation of this scripture, the messenger is seen as an angel who will come to avenge the breaking of the covenant by those people of God. So the strong implication that purification and judgment will precede the Lord's coming, kind of overshadows the good news that he really is coming. They expect God to fulfill his promise, but now they're hearing it begins with purification and cleansing, maybe even in some painful kind of ways. Who can endure the day of his coming, writes Malachi, and who can stand when he appears? That's the question posed in the verses we read earlier, reminding the people that they stand under the judgment of God. And that more important than just waiting is preparation by the work of God as they wait for that day. We've already talked about how in the rabbinic tradition, it was considered that the messenger in Malachi's writing would be an angel. Others believed it might be one of the prophets speaking on God's behalf. Those of us maybe who, who live in a New Testament world might think, oh, the messenger, that was John the Baptist, right? Could be. Some would say, oh, that was Jesus himself. Whatever the case, these words call our attention to the day of the Lord's coming as both the refiner's fire which purifies and the one who will receive the people of God once they are purified by the work of God. In the context of this Advent season, we can hear the scripture as an encouragement for people to examine their hearts and preparation for the Lord's coming. A preparation that is much more intentional than merely waiting passively. An intentional preparation. The image of the refiner's fire comes with an inherent hopefulness built into it that even when people experience judgment, there will be a redemptive and purifying purpose at work. There is a sense in which scriptures like this are meant maybe to keep us from domesticating God. What I mean by that 
is it keeps us from remaking God in, in a comfortable image. The God who came in the form of, of the Christ, the Redeemer. Sometimes we have the tendency to kind of remake him into a 21st century version of a warm, fuzzy, Christmassy God who makes us feel good but never challenges us in any way. The coming God would be both fearsome and grace-filled. There would be acts of judgment as well as acts of salvation. Malachi's message of the refining fire and the cleansing soap is one which creates the possibility that worship may come to life again. They might really be able to worship and please God again with their worship. His words of refining, of judging, are words of hope, for they remind us that with the coming of our Lord, there is the potential to take whatever is old, stale, and corrupt and redeem it into that which is new and fresh and right. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have some things redeemed and restored to what is new and fresh and right in, in, in a post-pandemic time where we kind of get to recover and be renewed and restored where worship and fellowship are are uninhibited by things like distancing and masks and fears and multiple health concerns that are very real in a time of preparation for christmas malachi's text is a reminder that our most important preparation for the coming of the messiah is to prepare our hearts Nothing wrong with preparing our homes. Nothing wrong with preparing Christmas trees and wreaths and special meals and gatherings. <coughs> Excuse me. But the real and sometimes missed call of the Advent season is to prepare our hearts. Malachi raises a disturbing question for all who proclaim God's arrival with joyful expectation, which is appropriate, joyful expectation. But he hits them with this question. Are you ready? You're excited about his coming, but are you ready? Are you really ready for his coming? Do you know what that might mean? And then he writes these words. Who can endure it? Well, that just changed the feel of everything, didn't it? Who can endure it? In the prophetic tradition, the day of the Lord anticipates God's victorious kingship that comes with a period of righteous judgment. Consequently, the prophets describe the day of the Lord with dramatic language that is both uplifting and fearsome depending on the context it's the promise of deliverance or the threat of judgment from the prophets and on multiple occasions it's both of those at once promise of the coming king 
having the way prepared by cleansing and refining and judgment. In either case, it is the might of God's power that both comforts and disturbs, and it may be for a lot of us that disturbs part that really motivates us to begin to prepare our hearts. When that day of the Lord comes, we're told it begins with a period of purification and refinement, a necessary process to prepare the people of God for genuine worship. The book of Malachi speaks to a priestly audience that lacks confidence in the power and the sanctity of the temple rituals that existed before the exile. They seem to lack reverence for the correct observance of temple rituals. Whether they realize it or not, they are in need of a real transformation of heart and soul, a genuine cleansing and renewal. One that will restore a genuine experience of God in their worship. The necessary cleansing and renewal that comes through testing, refining, and purifying. In verses 3 and 4 of that scripture we read, it's purely about worship. Israel had become lazy and inattentive in their worship. They were presenting offerings to God that were flawed, worthless. They were being led by priests who were corrupt. I mean, Scripture's pretty plain about the fact that only pure offerings, pure priests were acceptable to a pure and holy God. Of course, we know now that Jesus is both the spotless sacrifice and the sinless priest. Only through him can we be truly brought into acceptable worship. Through Christ, we present ourselves as living sacrifices, giving our best to him. I hear that description, and I wonder... Does any of this apply to us in our worship today? Are we offering less than acceptable worship to the living God? Have we corrupted ourselves in the attempts at worship we offer to the Lord? Has a pandemic during which we couldn't always worship in person caused us to be lazy and inattentive in our worship? Do we also stand in need of refining and cleansing? In writing to the Israelites, Malachi lays out the reasons for the necessary cleansing. The priests of Israel have des desecrated the temple with disrespectful sacrifices. The people have turned toward foreign gods, marrying outside of the covenant people and gradually mixing in other practices of other religions. The people's faithlessness has wearied the Lord they've erred they've been mistaken they've wandered the wrong way and they need 
to be made clean. This message from Malachi related to worship and to worshipers. And it was addressed to ancient Israel, but if those words are the truth of God from the word of God, they very likely can apply to us as well. Jesus didn't only come to comfort. Yes, Jesus comes to bring comfort and joy. We'll sing about that in a few weeks. But right now, we also need to hear that our Lord comes to cleanse. Though he brought the forgiveness of sin, he also wants to rid us of those forgiven sins that we can't get rid of ourselves. Cleansing, renewing, refreshing us of all of those things we struggle to let go of by ourselves. As we look back on his first coming and look ahead to the second coming during this season of Advent, we should be asking I wonder where Jesus wants to purify us. I wonder how Jesus wants to purify me and my life. Or us. Collectively and our church. I wonder what the preparation is that needs to go in and go on in my heart and life. To have me ready when the time comes. Malachi's image of refining helps us in reflecting on what that act of purifying is about. The purpose is to remove any impurities that might weaken or disfigure that which is being refined. The purpose is also to instill qualities that enhance the beauty of what's being refined. Could it be that that's what God's judgment is all about? Refining us to remove whatever keeps us from being all we were meant to be in Christ and at the same time instilling qualities that shape us into the image of Jesus. All made possible by the cleansing work of God in our lives through the coming of Christ and ultimately through his coming again, which we say we take time to prepare for in this season of Advent. A season of hope for that which is coming. As we wait during Advent, perhaps we should consider the need for God's acts of refining and purifying more than we usually do. God's act of taking those impurities to a place we can best understand when we look at the cross and know that that's where the genuine act of purification and sacrifice on our behalf took place we are refined by the gracious act of God and we celebrate it in baptism where we remember we are washed as by launderers with a fuller's soap, who can clean away stains as if they never existed. But God's judgment 
through tough acts of refining is not that's not the final word that's not the end we can't miss this as we keep reading we hear God will deliver his promises to his people I mean you could really say that in Christ God comes as both the messenger and the message he not only proclaims the covenant the offer of covenant but he also embodies that very covenant. A promised life of love and peace and hope in Christ Jesus. The God whom Malachi announces is a God whose word has become flesh. And the flesh that God puts on his promise is revealed in Jesus, whose, whose forgiveness first acknowledges sin and then announces the cure, the release, the victory over that sin. Jesus comes as a messenger of the covenant, not by whitewashing over the sin, but by recognizing it and cleansing it from our lives. And he does so by enduring the very refining fire that should have been ours. And then offering to us the polished perfection of a resurrected life. As we continue to prepare, we can't escape the truth of the scripture that there is some judgment coming at the day of the Lord. While we wait, we surely should take some time of preparation as we consider our own deservedness of that judgment. Because we've fallen short, sinned against God's will for our lives, and we're deserving of the consequences that Jesus paid for us when he became the sacrifice. But also while we wait, we can give thanks and celebrate the truth that in his coming and in his sacrifice in our place, the refining and cleansing work of God is being poured into our lives daily, freshly, by the work of God's Spirit, thereby purifying us so that we might fully love and worship with pure hearts the God who makes our new life in Christ possible so we wait in advent we contemplate we confess we pray we experience refining and cleansing we are preparing celebrating the first coming of Christ while preparing for his second coming which will complete the refining process of all that God has created and blessed. As we close this morning, let's give thanks and celebrate with a prayer that we will sing together with the Advent words, Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Would you pray with me? Come, long-expected Jesus. We've experienced the blessing 
the benefit of your coming once. We continue to wait in preparation for your coming again. That ultimate celebration of hope that we find in you. Continue the refining and cleansing process in our lives, Lord. We want to be able to stand. Not because of what we can do, but because of what you can do in us. So take us. Refine and cleanse us. Draw us into your presence for times of true worship and thanksgiving we offer to you our hearts to continue the preparation of as we move through this holy season we pray that in christ's name amen